Hello and thank you for logging on to the Memory Gauge, your new favourite Digimon card game podcast. I'm your host, Connor, and today we are going to be tackling a question that was actually inspired by some of our listeners, namely the question of whether there is a best deck in format for the new Next Adventure BTO7 set format. Now, we've recently completed our Next Adventure set review, so this is very timely for us to start talking about the actual decks that are coming out of the Next Adventure set, and also it's nice to take a break from massive episodes to do something a little bit quicker um, that will clip along at a better speed, so I'm not going to spend too much time waffling. We are going to get straight into the meat of it. And now we're jumping straight into our main topic. Recently, over on our Discord server, we started up a new channel that is for listener suggestions and listener requests. And if you have any topic that you would want, like to be covered here on the show, if you have ideas for episodes or any other ideas for how we can improve any of the parts of the Memory Gauge podcast and the socials, This channel is a quick and easy way to let them be known. One suggestion that's already come out of that was a request for an ongoing sort of state of the meta feature for the podcast, and shout out to Andy Ollie for that suggestion, by the way. And that got me thinking. I think before we start a recurring feature where we're going to talk about the changing meta, which is something I'm looking at doing, it's probably a good idea to start with a baseline, i.e., Right now, what does the meta look like? What decks are performing well? What decks are performing poorly? So, I had a bit of a discussion about this with the players at my LGS the other night, and one of them suggested that there was currently a best deck of the format. They said, there there is a best deck, and then there's other decks. But my instinct from my own sort of playing was that there were several decks that were doing well at the moment. So I was wondering, is there really a best deck of BT7? Now, I could go the route of ranking the decks in the format by my own experience, my own opinion as a player, and there's definitely value in that, and I think that sharing our knowledge and our opinions is a great way to learn and get better together as players, and when you hear somebody who you think is a good player, who you respect, saying, this is what I think is the best, this is what I think is not very good, that's totally worthwhile, but many content creators who are much, much better at the game and much smarter than me have already kind of done that a lot. We're fairly into next adventure now, so today we're going to go a different route. We're going to take a look at event results from the BT7 format, we're going to see which decks are performing well, we're going to collect some data, and then we're going to try to draw some conclusions from that. Now this all sounds good, but heavy, heavy caveats before we begin. I am not a statistician. I didn't even do maths for my last year of high school, and my ability to gather information about tournament results was pretty limited to just a couple of sources. So that means that any conclusions that we try to draw are going to need to be taken with a hefty pinch of salt. We would need far more data than we currently even have available anywhere to draw any kind of concrete conclusion. There just doesn't exist the amount of data on Digimon currently that we would need. For instance, I don't have access to data on every deck that was played in a given event, or how many instances of a certain deck was played in a given event. 
but we'll just have to do our best with the information we do have. So, with all of those caveats out of the way, and with our hefty pinches of salt uh, ready to go, let's get started. Now, compared to juggernaut games like Magic the Gathering, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, or even more recent games, to be honest, like Dragon Ball Super, Cardfight, Vanguard, uh, Digimon's kind of in its infancy as a game. We've only been around for sort of a year, year and a half, two years. So there aren't a large number of resources yet, like tournament reports, that sort of thing. But there are still some resources that can help us out. For major official events, Bandai's often posted winning deck lists on their own social media. You can see all the results for the recent Digimon card game fests on Bandai's social media, for example. And then for both major and unofficial events, the fan website digimonmeta.com collects tournament results and deck list data. And I want to take a second here to say again, as I have said many times before, digimonmeta.com does fantastic work and this show would be far more difficult to produce and far less interesting and helpful without the people over at that website. So really, really thank you very much if they happen to be listening. Uh, So armed with the data that Bandai and digimonmeta.com have provided, I set about collecting it using dark magic that I hoped I'd never have to return to after schooling, I loaded up Microsoft Excel and I made a spreadsheet and I named as many deck archetypes as I thought was reasonable. And then I counted how many times each archetype was reported as placing first in an event, as well as how many times I could find each archetype placing top eight in an event. Somewhere in there. So in total, I looked at about 101 win or place results from various events dated after the release of BT7, so the start of March, roughly. My aim was to see if there was a clear best deck. Now, I was going to consider a deck to be the best deck in the format if by our stats that we've collected, it far and away had more wins and more top eight places than any other deck If I couldn't look at the data and see that one deck was obviously outperforming the rest, then I wasn't going to say that there is a quote-unquote best deck. You might remember if you've been playing for a while, back in the bad old days of BT5, when Lord Nightwand was the best deck in the format, and really kind of oppressively the best deck in the format. If you weren't playing Lord Nightwand, you had to play to beat Lord Nightwand. It was a whole mess. But that was definitely the best deck. It performed better than any other deck, and... If we couldn't see that kind of result reflected in our stats, then I didn't feel comfortable declaring a best deck. So, after hours of collecting all this data, collating it together, I had my results. Now, I've ranked them in order from the most total results reported, that's wins and top eight places together, to least amount of wins and top eight places recorded. So, we're going to start from the bottom and work our way up. So, remember, as we go through... These first decks that we're talking about have the lowest total win or place results reported that I could find. And then we're going to finish the episode with the decks that are at the top of our list. So they're the decks with the most total reported results. The decks that are doing better in events. Now, firstly, I wanted to go over the decks that I couldn't find any results for, which I found quite surprising. I couldn't find... And this doesn't mean they weren't there, but I couldn't find any winning or placing results for Security Control or Rookie Rush of any kind. Rookie Rush has been a little bit on the downswing in the last few sets, but Security Control really surprised me. And whether that's because people aren't 
are playing those decks, but the decks aren't doing well, or whether no one's playing those decks, or whether they're just not getting wins reported to DigimonMeta.com or the official Bondi, Bondi social media. Impossible to say. I can't draw any conclusions from that. I just thought it was interesting and worth noting that they didn't come up in the data that I looked at. So right at the bottom of our list of decks that actually have represented wins are sort of a trio of Red Greymon Tribal, Blue Waymon, and Garbumon Bond of Friendship. At only one win or place each, I think these decks can pretty safely be considered outliers in the format. If Basically, if you collect enough data from enough events, then the chances that you're going to get some random deck that doesn't fit a known category getting a posted win in an event is going to get higher and higher just by sheer volume. You know, eventually it will happen somewhere. It doesn't mean that there's a secret tech buried there or people are sleeping on a certain tech. It doesn't mean everybody needs to run out and all of a sudden build a uh, blue Waymon or red Greymon tribal is going to come out of nowhere and be the sleeper hit of the set. It's just a quirk of statistics. We need more results to be seen to say that those decks are actually sleeper hits. Next, we have two tournament wins by an archetype I'm calling Alternate Yellow because it was hard to classify these two decks. One of them was sort of a BT7-era Lord Nightmon deck, and then one played the Kazuchimon from the BT7 set. So I kind of smashed them together because they had a lot of crossover cards, and it didn't overly affect the overall uh, list spreadsheet that I put together. But if you like, you can imagine one yellow Kazuchimon deck and one yellow Lord Nightmon deck, at the bottom of our list with just one tournament win apiece. Now, in the middle of the list, we start seeing some interesting results and we realize why I gathered data on top eight places and not just wins. Our two represented black decks, so the two black decks I could find that, that had any kind of results were X-Antibody and Machine Drabon, and they placed just below two of our represented purple decks. Lilithmon Loop and Nidhogmon slash Cerberusmon. We had three and four total results, respectively, for the black decks, and five total results apiece for the purple decks. But each of those purple decks only came in first place in one event, and then they placed top eight in four events, whereas X Antibody won two events, and Machine Dramon won three events. So while their total results seem to indicate to us that Lilithmon and Nidhogmon slash Cerberusmon are probably the more consistent decks, just slightly, Machine Dramon and X-Antibody seem to be slightly more brute force powerful. They don't place as often, but when they do, they tend to top and do really, really well. Again, we don't have much data, so that is heavy grain of salt, but that, looking at what we have, that seems to be what's being indicated there. Now, our final three decks in the middle section of our data are a bit of a surprise to me. And if you had asked me before starting this list, what's the most powerful deck or what is one of the most powerful decks, I would have said uh, probably that blue hybrids deck with Magna Garurumon. But it turns out I might have overvalued that deck slightly because the Magna Garurumon focused blue hybrid deck had just five results represented total. So it had three wins and two top eight places. And it came in just behind Red Jessmon, which had three wins and three top eight places for six total reported results. And then Jessmon came behind Red Hybrid, which had three wins and five top eight places for a total of eight reported results. 
I think the differences in results between those two red decks comes down in part to what I would call the new hotness effect. Not only are the red hybrid cards kind of newer and more exciting to play, people want to play with the new stuff, we also know that Savior Huckmon, which is a key piece of the Jessmon deck, is going to be limited to one in the near future when BT8 comes out, so it handicaps Jessmon as a deck. So it's very likely that although right now the deck still performs quite well, red players are kind of jumping over to the new hotness red hybrid over the old Jessmon that's going to... Um, that's going to fade out as we head into the next set. People are trying to get ahead of that a bit. So now we move into our top four. So in fourth place, we have Cherubimon Purple Hybrid. Now, the Cherubimon Purple Hybrid deck had 11 total results posted. It had four tournament wins and seven top eight tournament places. Cherubimon feels like a relatively new deck on the scene because many content creators and strong players have been kind of singing its praises in recent weeks, touting it as kind of anti-meta. So I wouldn't be surprised to see it maybe climb a bit more in future as more players try it out, as better players try it out. That's if it turns out to be even partially as good as kind of the hype is suggesting. So that would be one I would keep an eye on. Then in third place, we have Green Beetlemon hybrid and full disclosure for this one so we have the full information i did merge the mono green and the green red builds of the deck into one archetype just because there didn't seem to be enough difference in the way the deck operated to me to be worth separating it into kind of two different archetypes green beetlemon as a collective posted 12 total results but unlike cherubimon it had more wins than it had top eight places seven wins to five top eight places and if i was going to look for a sleeper deck for the format based on this list i would probably name green beetlemon i think people do know that it's good but maybe not how good it can be and i'm going to explain why i think that based on this data in just a second as we go through the next two decks now in second place we had Yellow Hybrid, which had 14 total posted results, 5 wins, and 9 top 8 places. Now, Yellow Hybrid is clearly, we know that's a very good deck. People have been talking about it a lot. Most of the versions that I saw with posted results were the yellow-purple version that had the sort of purple cards put in schwartz Lazats and that sort of thing, rather than a full mono yellow build. So if you want to build yellow hybrid and you want to build the strongest version of the deck, I'd probably go for the yellow purple version over the straight yellow version. Just keep that in mind. And then finally, at the top of our list, we had blue hybrid source control, which I had to separate from blue hybrid Magna Gavurumon focus because it just felt like the decks were trying to do two different things that were different enough that they were two separate archetypes and even separating those two out blue hybrid source control had 23 total posted results it had six total wins and 17 total top eight places amongst the events i looked at so th that's it it seems like we've got our answer for the best deck in format right blue hybrid source control has nine more posted results than the next most posted deck and it by itself, it represents nearly a full quarter of the total results we were able to find. But there are a couple of observations that I want to make here before we come to any kind of conclusion. Firstly, the reason that I named Green Hybrid as a bit of a sleeper deck is because it had the most total wins recorded of any single archetype at seven wins. Not only that, it had a fantastic win to place ratio. 
showing that when it was doing well, it was winning events rather than just placing. Compare that to Blue Hybrid Source Control, which, yes, had a lot of topping results reported, but it still had fewer total wins than Green Hybrid, and it had one of the worst win-to-place ratios on our whole list, which, which suggests more than being a very strong deck, it suggests that a lot of people are playing it as well. With such a small data set, it's hard to draw any concrete conclusions. So the following is going to be pure speculation, but here's my thoughts on it. I think that Blue Hybrid is evidently one of the most popular decks, which is going to go some way toward explaining its numbers. Coming out of the Japanese version of this set, Blue Hybrid was named as one of the best decks of the BT7 format. So naturally, in the early days of the format, a lot of English players have taken it up. And it's also possible that because of this, many decks have kind of been built to play against Blue Hybrid, which has skewed its win to top eight place ratio, because any deck that's topping in an event needs to have a way to beat Blue Hybrid, maybe knock it out of that win. And even with all that said, I think it's still plain to see that the source control version specifically of the Blue Hybrid deck, this is the one with the... Kumamon, the Korikakumon, Tommy, the one that wants to strip sources and keep your opponent frozen, is one of, if not the, best deck in the BT7 format, at least right now. It's far more represented in our data than any other deck. It posted the second most tournament wins of any deck. That said, I still think that there are still other decks that can contend. Yellow Hybrid and Green Hybrid, going by our numbers, are both good choices, and Cherubimon Purple seems to be performing well, and I think it's on the up. It's going to be interesting to see what the future data tells us about which decks perform the best, and I'm really looking forward to keeping you kind of updated as we move through the BT7 meta, because this was a lot of fun to put this together. It was a lot of fun, but it was really interesting taking a more factual data-based approach to looking at the decks rather than just going by pure experience and knowledge as a player. I felt like it was a different way to look at it and I hope you guys enjoyed listening to this sort of thought process. So our listener question of the week, because you've definitely heard enough from me by now and I want to hear from you. Do you agree with my conclusions? Is Blue Hybrid Source Control the best deck? Do we have enough data here to say any of this definitively at all? Of course we don't, but we've got to work with what we have. So do you agree? I would love to hear your answers. And if you do have an answer to our listener question, or if you have any other questions, feedback, comments, or concerns, you can join our Facebook group, Memory Gauge Podcast. You can email me, memorygagepodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at me, at Connor EFMG, or you can join our Discord server. And links to all of those are going to be in the show notes of this episode. And please do get in contact with me because I am always happy to hear from you listeners. New episodes of this podcast come out each and every week, so make sure that you're following us on your podcast service of choice to stay up to date. And if your podcast service of choice allows you to rate or review, please do consider doing that for our show because it helps other people who might be interested find us and really just helps build the show a lot. Alrighty, thank you so much for listening. This is the Memory Gauge, logging out.